This week in league, SBW, OMGs all over the D-O-double-Gs as the rest of the rugby league world R-O-F-L-M-A-Os. Jamie Soward politely requests a sit-down with Robbie Farah's mother. Ricky Stewart channels his inner manly fans. And we preview Rep Round 2013. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 116 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, so this week, um, firstly, we just had a fantastic dinner. Yes. Of pulled pork and like, you know, uh, you know, in like tortillas and shit. Yes. You know, Mexican did up. Sensational stuff. Magnificent. Now, <laughs> really was. Now, now the, the, the reason why I brought it up is because one of your all-time classics, after you polished off two, I polished off two. Yeah. And you sort of, you said, well, you know, I was sort of getting, making a move towards, you know, coming down to record the show and you're like, you know, you know, could I be, you know, could I be, you know, would be too much trouble if I, you know, we just sort of held off for a couple of minutes when I went out there and uh, got some more chicken. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm, so, remarkably like chicken. I'm sorry, you can't go and get some more chicken, mate, because it's fucking pork. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love it if, it was, if you could have some chicken, but I'm sorry, it's pork. My issue is I eat my food that fast, I barely taste it. But it was magnificent, no matter what it was. And referential retardation doesn't just restrict itself to pop culture and movies and things no, like that. No. It's, it works on food as well. It works on every level. It's <laughs> when you have the level of stupid that I have, it it really transcends my life. Now, segue into something that's not stupid and is actually fucking awesome. Listener Scott Cowan of no fixed Twitter address <laughs> from what hero. I understand. This He's guy this guy's a fucking legend. He sent us an email the other day and uh, I'll just read the email out and I have to put the pictures up on the on the website for the show notes for this episode so you guys can see it. It's just sensational stuff. Nate and Glenn, I'm a frequent listener of Twill and think you guys would be interested to hear of my endeavour at the Friday night Broncos and Cowboys game. For all reasons that needlessly be said, he's a superfluous, smug, repugnant dickhead. I too am a part of the fuck off Tom movement and saw my opportunity to answer the plight of league and sports fans alike. I purchased a shitty white t-shirt, wrote fuck off Tom, was actually like F asterisk percentage, you know, like he sort of censored himself, fuck off Tom in thick black sharpie and proceeded to ask every man, woman and child if they'd like to sign my shirt. (laughs) Of course I mentioned Twill, your challenge and told many to check you guys out. Signatures range from league fans and some not to bartenders, barmaids, travellers, Cowboy and Broncos fans, security guards, bouncers, and even a copper on horseback. I got so many signatures, I had to get a second shirt going, and so I'd like to send you guys one, a token of my appreciation for all the quality bullshitting and entertainment you boys have provided all Twill listeners. Could you please give a shout out to my former boss, Nick Thorne of Cedar Park. There you go. He introduced me to Rugby League, your podcast, and will be receiving the other plentifully signed t-shirt. And um, this is, please provide me with the dress where's to send you your fuck off Tom T. See attached photos. Cheers, guys. Tom's a cunt. Go Tigers. Scott. Sensational. What a fucking magnificent human. Now, we've been talking about this, you know, the challenge and everything like that. And quite frankly, the challenge is still open, but he's getting stuff anyway because, I mean, that's like, that's beyond the call of duty. And I think he did, uh, he, he did great work there in the, in, in the benefit of, you know, to the aid of fuck off Tom. And the cause. Shame he didn't get the horse to sign it. Oof. Sarah Jessica Parker's famous as shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get near her. She's famous. She's snooty, man. 
<laughs> so sensational work, Scott. Great um, effort. Thank you for thinking of us, and uh, no doubt you'll get it framed and hang we'll, it in we'll here. Have to, we'll have to hang it. In, 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 it has to be a, a, a studio artifact of just the how fucking awesome the listeners are. Honestly, how many signatures did it have? Cut the fuck in half. Frame both sides of it. Hockey style. How's that? So yeah, I mean, sensational listeners, and um, that's just a, another another fucking fine example. Of Hopefully, we should be able to uh, post the photos up on our Facebook page so people. Can yeah, we'll put them. On, we'll put them on Facebook, Twitter, and we'll put them on the website as well. So, I mean, because you guys are all sort of spread out, you know, between you know at least one of them, but you know, often. You know, often you know guys just you know subscribe on iTunes and don't know. So, uh, for, th- for those people, if you're not on Facebook or Twitter, uh, get on to the website; they'll be there. But if you know your Facebook or Twitter guys, we'll throw them up there as well, so everyone can have a look at them. And um, they're sensational. Like he's, he's has gone uh, above and beyond the call of duty. Now, second uh, awesome awesome listener, um, our old mate Curtis, who we've met a thousand times at Linear on Twitter. Oh, um, fuck, we're not going <clears> to <throat> give him a rap, are we? On Friday night football. You may have seen me laughing my ass off on Twitter about this, but Friday Night Football, um, you know, being in Brisbane, oh, you would have been at the Broncos-Cowboys game, game, so you wouldn't have seen it. Okay, so Broncos-Cowboy game's on. Being being that we live in Queensland, it's the first game on television as well. wasn't interested in watching that game first. I was much more interested in, in laughing at the dogs and, you know, seeing Sonny Bill OMG all over them. So, fired up stream. Got the American feed from the live stream website, and you know, if you get like a VPN, cost you like fifty bucks a year. You can then once you connect it, you're routing all your traffic as if you're from the states, and then you can go to that live stream site and watch anything for free in HD. It's actually better than the NRL app. I mean, you know, like you get you get better quality streams and everything. So anyway, because they're not on channel, they're not channel nine per se. They're just taking the channel nine feed. They don't drop off to ads and stuff when you know the channel okay. nine go to ads. So at half time. <laughs> You get all you, the mics are on, and you just get to hear this banter from the guys in the commentary box. Oh, really? <laughs> so often, you know, often it's you know it's just nothing. It's a a lot of it's just like you know inside baseball, like sort of production stuff. Like, what am I going to say here? Like, you know, and you'll have, have Joey going through the, some of the stats, feed me this stat, you know. But then when I come back from the break, then he talks about oh, you know, the line breaks they did this and blah blah blah, and su- such and such made so many meters and you know stuff like that. So it's it's funny like they're talking to the production guys, getting that that done. But this week. <laughs> In the dogs game, there was some hilarity ensued, and um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna edit it down, but I'm just gonna let's let's play uh, well Curtis, but while he's getting the rap, is he actually recorded it and sent it to us? That's awesome. because I was talking on Twitter about how hilarious it was, and everyone's going, "What are you talking about?" I'm saying, "Well, this is the fucking deal." And so anyway, I got an email from Kurt, I think on uh, Saturday night. He said, "You know, here's a present for you guys," and he sent me an audio file with the recording of it. So um, thanks to Kurt, we'll put it on right now. Half time brought to you by Holden. This month, get three years free servicing across a great range of Holdens. See your Holden dealer today. I'm hypnotised by Tony Williams. I, I, it was last week too. He doesn't want to be out there, does he? No. Are they giving him a job that he's not good at, or is he just not? A... I don't know. You'd have to. You'd have to ask. Great job. He keeps the line interested here. Okay, mate. And can you cue yeah. me because I missed it last Stella, week? how poor is the dogs' kicking game? Awful. It's horrendous, isn't it? Awful. There's no thought into it. So how okay. seriously? How good is that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I spoke about last week how with the manly game, how I ended up on a French feed, and that was <laughs> that was exciting and you know something new. But I love that stuff when they go to the <laughs> even to the some point. of the greatest minds in rugby league are bewildered by Tony Williams. 
Exactly, and and it's funny that you know what their their private thoughts are when they're amongst themselves and don't yeah. think that you know anyone's picking up what they're saying. <laughs> I wonder how long that'll continue. Yeah, and quite frankly, if Joey and Sterlo want to um, critique uh, a kicking game, I think they're well within their fucking rights because they're two of the best ever. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> especially Joey. <laughs> All right, so um, thank you very much, Curtis, for sending that to us. Uh, sensational! I loved it when I was watching it. I'm so glad that we could uh, get it, and you know, for all you guys to listen to as well. He's still a cock. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Um, congratulations to our buddy and uh, two-time, two-time, three-time co-host of the show, uh, Sam, aka Mr. Wars, who achieved a PB time today, this morning, our time at the Boston Marathon. And thankfully, he did achieve a PB time because it got him over the finish line about an hour before, you know, everything that ensued. Mm. So it was uh, it was a relief because I woke up and I, you know, trying to catch up on my timeline, and I knew it was this morning. Um, didn't know exactly when it was though, and so the first thing I see is like, oh, fucking explosions at the Boston Marathon. So yeah. I was like, fucking dude, you're right. And he's like, yeah, I finished an hour before it happened. He's in a pub. Okay, he was actually back at his hotel room watching TV. I don't think when it happened. So, so fucking, that's a relief. But yeah, what a magnificent effort from a. Uh, a- magnificent human exactly he's an absolute legend and um obviously our thoughts are with everyone that was affected uh by that tragedy but uh it's good to see our boy achieving his goals exactly he's a great man got his pb it was his first sub three hour marathon and his pb by about four minutes something i think it was so awesome about two hours 57 and something so fucking that's that's amazing better than me i could not run a bath and uh, I, I could do it, but I don't think I could finish it in under five hours. <laughs> Maybe five hours would be my goal. So awesome work, Sam, and uh, good to see you're okay. Um, just to remind everyone, uh, hit up the uh, Twill underscore quotes Twitter account. Throw them a follow as well, because uh, whoever the mystery... Breaking is, news. Yeah. I'm still fucking hilarious. I mean, it's just, it, it's I mean, fantastic. I mean, really, I'm it's really getting beyond a joke. How funny I am. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the uh, and and the, the Batman who's actually doing it. Is doing a fantastic job of like you see like you know putting brackets and you know put context into quotes yeah. and stuff like that and and link Twitter accounts to them where they you know where applicable. Uh, so whoever it is, they're doing they're doing a lot of jo- a lot of a good job and it's you know like keep putting a lot of love into it. So uh, you know throw them a follow. It's uh, Twill underscore quotes on Twitter. So I only seen you know there's probably you know not even a hundred followers on there yet. And given that the the show itself has you know over three thousand, I think there's uh, a lot of people that are delinquent in their duty there and uh, getting over there to follow. Wow! So do it. You saying we've got delinquent followers? <laughs> Fucking degenerate followers. Yeah, you. <laughs> I know that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, a uh, quick shout out to uh, Caleb Shanks and Beer Boy One Eight Two on Twitter. Fuck you guys for both sending us a screenshot of South's dressing room and Michael Crocker's dick. <laughs> That's awesome. Something I've always wanted to see in opposite fucking bizarro world. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, no, we shall not be retweeting it. No. Okay, quick fire stuff. It was all quiet on the Western Front again last week, I believe, on the uh, on the, the clock, on the uh, ticking. Yeah, people are scared, clearly. Scared. Privately. Scared of our wrath. Pri- privately, uh, MMA underscore Dave underscore Mac uh, did, did uh, things to tell me that, you know, why do you do it still fucking sucks. So, 
you know, <laughs> when we were recording this week in MMA the night after. And quite frankly, that you know, for that reason, I'm inclined to keep doing it pretty much forever. Agreed. I think so. <laughs> with that in mind, let's start time now. And first one, Jamie Soward uh, sledging about Farah's mum. How about that? As a as a Tigers fan, uh, obviously, you know, it was a big story last year, towards the you know, mid to late last year when Farrah lost his mother. Um, he's obviously very emotional about it. The team fell in a, a heap, you know, particularly that game immediately after it happened. And, um, yeah, Jamie Soward said something. Uh, Farrah looked like he immediately went into kill mode, and I think Jamie Soward's very lucky to be alive. Oh, look, if uh, Robbie had, had given Jamie the uh, Anthony Watts treatment, Jamie would have disintegrated into a fine powder mixed with urine. Um, a bowl of dry cat food. Possibly, which Ben Cray would have eaten. <laughs> immediately consumed. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty pretty ordinary. There is a lot of unsavoury stuff that no doubt gets bandied about on the field, but um, if there's one line you wouldn't want to be crossing, it would be that. And, uh, you know, yeah. there's no excuse for it, regardless of what may or may not have been said to, J- to Jamie Soward to make him retaliate. Um and the fact that he's apologised possibly 5,000 times to Robbie um, doesn't make up for it. And quite frankly, I'm a bit sad that Robbie didn't punch 14 shades of piss through him. Yeah, and uh, Robbie, you know, nothing's going to happen to Jamie Soward either. I mean, you look, no. at, you look at AFL, dude's been suspended for saying shit about people's mothers. Yeah, to, to, I mean, Robbie has taken the high road and said he's going to uh, leave it on the field and... Uh, yeah, but even that's then... That's where we'll leave it to. Yeah, but even then, I mean, leaving it on the field, mm. that... Even that's happened in the past week, like with um with uh, Paul Gallen with the sure. racial thing with Mickey Payer. That was like, yeah, okay, we'll all leave it on the field. And the NRL was like, no, not good enough, 10,000, yeah. motherfucker. So, West Tigers, injury curse continues. Brayton has to rule out for a month with a groin problem. Rugby league gods looking down. Um, whether Molson goes to halfback or Jacob Miller comes back into the side, hopefully it all spells James Tedesco at fullback and uh, the Tigers can reach their rightful destiny as uh, premiership contenders slash yep. winners. Now, there's a couple of fake fake like injuries. Champions, they yeah, are. It's bullshit. They're fucking spoon contenders for real. Fuck but you. there's a couple of fake injuries. Uh, Robbie Farrow's groin, uh, Chris Lawrence's ankle, not his hip, and Aaron Wood's knee. They were all ruled out of the City Origin team, so obviously they don't want to play rep football. I mean, you know disloyal and whatever, what have you. But uh, Jamie have, Lyon? He states beforehand that he wants wow. to do it, though. He states beforehand wow. that he'd rather stay with his family. He clearly states it, and if they select him and then he, he declines it, that's their own fucking fault, because he says, he says up front that he's not available hey, for they're, selection. They're injured. At the end of the day, they don't want to uh, exacerbate their injuries by playing in a, um, <clears throat> in a, in a game, a, ultimately a selection trial for a squad they're all guaranteed to make. So... I can understand they want to have a rest. Possibly the form centre of the competition in a bizarro opposite world. Yeah, exactly. In under 20s. Next. Um, just want to go through the quick injuries. Under seven. Yeah. Jack Buchanan, cheek. Blake Ashford, knee. That was this weekend. Marika Corribetti, he's a chance of returning, but maybe not. Then you've got Quasi Grodo, he'll be back. Uh, Aaron Woods, knee, round seven. Chris Lawrence, ankle round seven. Farrah, groin round seven. Buchanan, cheek round seven. Ashford round seven. Braith, round ten. Corbetti, seven or eight. Uh, Liam Fulton, indefinitely out. Benji, round nine. Lottie, indefinite. Uh, Big Source, indefinite. And James Gavitt, indefinite. 
lot of fucking poor doctorage there in that <laughs> there side. I don't know how long. I mean, like, you know, Keith Galloway, a peck injury is not indefinite. You could perhaps say it's the end of the season. It's yeah. season ending. You could say round one, you know, 2014 or something like that. Someone but, stabbed Lottie with a trident. Yeah, he's got an arm injury. And I think, <laughs> what was that injury originally? It wasn't even a break, was it? Yeah, initially it was. Was it? And it's never healed, probably. He's got a touch of the Malmeningas about him. Dude needs to get some fucking calcium stat. Next. <laughs> uh, Panthers, we're talking injuries. Mansour and the Karma both ruled out for six weeks. Fuck. That's fucked my super coach side because I had Mansour. He was doing well, so I had to fuck him off today and bring in... Uh, who did I bring in? Maybe Edric Lee. No one cares. I think I'd um, stop being listening to fucking fullback. Look... The Panthers, they need all the talent they can get on the field. I think Nagama's been going well for them, and as has Mansour, who's been carving it up. So, um, unfortunately, you know, what it was a fairly shallow pool of talent there at the Panthers has just got a little bit shallower, and they're going to be up against it. Pretty much turned him into the West Tigers. Um, Jared Mullen, knee surgery, five weeks out. Wow. Yeah, and uh, David Mead, a fractured jaw, four to five weeks out, and he played 15 minutes of that uh, Titans game with his uh, jaw fractured. Rugby league, toughest game of ball. Yep. Unless you play for St. George. <laughs> and finally, Glenn Stewart returns. The legend of Brookvale Oval. Looks like he'll be back for the game uh, against Souths when uh, rounds resume. So, sensational, long-awaited uh, return. No doubt and, uh, him and five of his mates will pick a fight. And hopefully... In, uh, With one and, person. And no doubt they'll... they'll as, as last time, no doubt they'll win that fight. As last time where they were ultimately annihilated by a man that had already had his West Tigers injection of toughness. Took on six people. Seven, seven men enter, one man leave. One man died, Adam Blair. His career died, certainly. And don't forget all the no-names that came off the bench to help him as well. I don't remember <laughs> any of them. None of them, they're all nameless. I think, one of, I think one of them might be Sister Wanga, but I honestly can't remember because, uh, you know, the main thing I take away from that is the bitch slap that Darcy put on uh, Hinchliffe that actually precipitated the whole thing, which is sensational. Oh, not to mention the... Uh, Punches Darcy Lucy threw at the person on the ground while he was under a pile of eight people. He slapped a dude. Mm, that was with his pimp hand. Next. That's not punches. Next. And the guy was only under him. Next. Fucking Next. ignorant cunt. Parramatta have apologised for Ricky Stewart's comments. They've apologised for any offence taken over Ricky Stewart's post-match outbursts, but have yet to decide if they'll contest the NRL's subsequent breach notice and $10,000 fine. Stewart questioned the impartiality of referees in an expletive-laden tirade after his struggling team was hammered 12-4 in the penalty count, including 8-1 in the second half, and gave up a 22 points to 8 lead to lose to the Gold Coast on Sunday. Ill-disciplined side, the Eels. They got absolutely fucking raped by the referees, though. I mean, there's definitely... Definitely a case to he had a case to to state, and I agree hundred percent with him on this I one. I reckon he's probably cleared that cleared the ten grand. Said take it out of my contract. I think I think the club will pay it on his behalf because I agree with him because he's fucking hundred percent right. The club issued a statement today saying the club and Stuart wish to apologise for any offence taken from the language used in the post match press conference. Notice it's only the language that they're sorry for. The club said it had ten days to respond to the breach notice and fine issued by the NRL on Monday and would use that time to review it. In the outburst, Stewart claimed his side faced unfair adjudicating every week because his eels are easy to penalise. He noted that referees because Adam they G- give away penalties. <laughs> yeah, he didn't um, help. He didn't help himself much there. He noted that the referees Adam G and Jason Robinson were the same pair who attracted criticism from West Tigers coach Mick Potter last week. Oh, the plot thickens. The former New South Wales and Test coach said his side was easy prey because it doesn't have the superstars who could milk penalties. 
It's only because they're a very easy team to penalise, Stuart said. We don't have any of the higher-profile players where you can milk the penalty. It's bullshit. I just feel so sorry for the players. I really don't know where Daniel Anderson and his referees are taking the game. There are referees there that are interpreting a different game of football to other referees. He did concede his side... Uh, so he agreed his side did concede fair penalties. He just couldn't fathom the opposition were not guilty of indiscretions. And he said his captains, Rennie Matua and Jared Hayne, were unable to get clear explanations from officials. There were actual penalties. I'm not blowing up about that, but there's no way they were that clean, he said. It's just it's just wrong. It was unfair tonight, and I really feel sorry for the players. That out there tonight was very, very obvious. Jared and Rennie, they go to the referee, they ask for an explanation, and they get an explanation in friggin' Spanish. There's no explanation to a lot of the actual rulings. The game is turning into a surrender, dive on the ground, play the ball, let's go again. It's getting into the Super League era, it's going backwards. Wow. I Jeez. like, I, you know, just imagine Jared Hayne storming into Ricky's office and saying, the fuck are you saying we don't have any superstar players, Ricky? <laughs> what am I, yeah. chopped liver? And we go on, he goes on to Chris talk about... Chris Sandow tried to burst in his office too, but got stuck in the doorway. <laughs> got stuck under the door. <laughs> <laughs> you, couldn't climb, you couldn't climb over the fucking snake that's there to block the cold getting in. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyways, uh, talking about Sandow, um, there's a... Uh, a pass to um, Tanganoa being revealed, ruled forward early in the second half. The pass was too good for the ref, he said. You talk first grade standards, everyone has to get the first grade standards. We sit here and have to front the media. We'll get those referees in here to talk about their bullshit errors. I like it. I like Next. it. I like it a lot. And uh, I support you 100%, Ricky. And that's hard for me to do because A, I don't like you, and B, your Parramatta coach. Now, sad news, Ross Livermore has passed away. The Queensland Rugby League community has been rocked by the sudden death of former Chief Executive Ross Livermore, an iconic figure in Queensland Rugby League. Uh, Ross passed away unexpectedly this morning. He was 68, one of the code's most respected figures presiding over Queensland Rugby League's governance for 31 years between 1980 and 2011. He was at the coalface during the birth of State of Origin, a trusted lieutenant to former Chairman Ron McAuliffe and played a key role in the creation of the Independent Commission. Uh, Ross has been unwell for a little while now and unfortunately passed away today, said his son Nicholas. We're working out the appropriate arrangement. He's had some health issues for a while, but it's a hard time for the family. He contributed a lot. His passion's always been for Queensland Rugby League, and most blokes would say they lost a good mate today. He gave a lot to the game. He gave his life to it. So. What a hero. Instrumental in, in what is the biggest showpiece in Rugby League today and, um, you know, Revered by Queensland footballers and, and the game's hierarchy alike, so uh, he'll be sorely missed. And the one thing, and when you talk about his passion being Queensland Rugby League, it's actually, it's actually good that it actually was Queensland Rugby League and not necessarily the Queensland club sides around there, because he often stood up to the Broncos and had uh, major issues with the Broncos in their early days when they were being all arrogant and shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thinking they ran shit. And also, you know, we talk about Super League and stuff like that as well, so... um. Top bloke, uh, we salute you and uh, condolences to the family. Now, a little gossip snippet that I saw on the internet today about Manly. Is the, the clock still ticking? No, no, that clock's fucking gone. I turned it off ages ago. You better edit that out then. No, no, just you just you obviously just fucking... See, you couldn't even hear it ticking. How could it bother anyone? You didn't even realise it was off. <laughs> I'm immune to it. <laughs> um... A little Manly gossip snippet. Uh, Manly players are thriving on pre-season critics who wrote off their squad as being too old and stale. And they're also convinced a lot of the criticisms come from former staff now working under Des Hasler at Belmore. After comprehensively disposing of the Bulldogs last week, we're told one player approached a Canterbury assistant coach who previously worked at Brookvale. The player wanted to express his gratitude for the free motivation and also asked the sentiment to be relayed to Hasler. 
<laughs> so the speculation is who 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 is it? I mean, sounds like something Watmo would do. I reckon Watmo or King would probably be the the the, the two. Maybe Kite, but probably Watmo and King because those guys are manly. Kite doesn't care. Those, those guys are manly for life. Kite's and, uh, in Penrith. I, I've I've been informed that it was probably Kelly Egan who was the, the coach that copped it, but um, I like it. I like it a lot. Recaps. Okay, first game, Brisbane Broncos 12 defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 10 at Lang Park. And what do we got here? Broncos, their tries to Lachlan Maranta and Josh Hoffman. Got two and Scotty Prince. Zero from three conversions. The Cowboys, their 10 points came from tries to Ashley Graham and Clint Greenshields. And Jonathan Thurston got one conversion from two attempts. Other than the Tigers' victories this season, this was the best game of footy so far in 2013, as far as I'm concerned. I thought it was an absolute cracking game of footy, watching it live. Um, not a, a high-scoring affair, but um, was really impressed with how both teams went at it. Um, I think the Broncos should probably be commended for their their pressure on Jonathan Thurston. I think they applied more pressure to him than um, a lot of teams have been able to do over the last few seasons, and uh, he came up with a lot of ordinary kicks um, and wasn't able to get into the grind of the game, and I think that's ultimately what cost the Cowboys. That's ultimately what's going to continue to cost the Cowboys as well, because he's their only fucking player. So if you come up with a, an adequate plan that's executed well to contain and frustrate Thurston, that's it. You're on the way to the win. The game's won, and you should win it a lot more than 12 points to 10. I think it was a nice bounce back from the Broncos. They showed a lot of grit. Um, their forwards really laid a good platform, and, and especially Hannett. Um, Thiday, given the fact that he... he was fairly, um, he'd been through the ringer obviously during the week. <coughs> Excuse me, the birth of his first child. I hadn't had a lot of sleep and still ran out there. Had a few breaks too, so they used they burned a few interchanges on um, getting him in and out of the game. But um, yeah, impressive effort all around, I think. And um, there's certainly the guys I was watching the game with, and and they were all uh, very impressed. And it was a number of people that said how good a game it was, um, and I'd have to agree. I think Princey made a few errors, which probably spells out again that he's... He's he's shithouse. He has been fairly ordinary this year. Can't make a tackle, can't kick a goal. What's the fucking... The man's a halfback. Needs to be playing in the number seven, mate. The man needs to be peeling fucking oranges for Reeves. (laughs) That's it, or retired in his free house he got from the Titans, dude. Or something. I mean, I don't care. I mean, like, he's great. I mean, it's, it's fantastic to know when you're playing the Broncos that there's a fucking avenue open all the time to drive you guys through. Yeah, he missed a couple of ordinary tackles, dropped a couple of balls. Um, his kicking game wasn't um, as on song as, as what he's probably renowned for in the past in past years. But um, I think Broncos fans will actually be surprised if he actually wore the number seven jersey, just how different a player he would be. Maybe that's just me with a hangover from 2005. Yeah, that was a long time ago, man. That's closer to 10 years ago than not. Yeah. So, it's a lot can change in 10 years. Some players only have a 10-year window. <laughs> if that was him at his best, it's been a long fucking, a long True. gradual decline. I saw a photo of you from 10 years ago. You are pretty ordinary looking then too. Not much has changed. At least Princey's peaked. Next. <laughs> why, why, why are you starting defending Princey just incidentally? 
You know he doesn't play for the West Tigers anymore. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know he left when you wanted to set up a dynasty. You realise that, right? Yeah, I remember it well. I remember it well. <laughs> Stabbed you in the heart, and this is what. And, and look at you, you're still fucking gobbing him. Yeah, I still love him. <laughs> lapping on his ball bag. All Jesus. Right. <laughs> I don't know that's that graphic. <laughs> You'd swear to God he was Polynesian the way you gobbling his knob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Twitter, at MattOS1991, said, Memo to Prince, if you ain't going to make tackles, at least kick the fucking goals like you paid to. Hash Benji-esque. How dare you, sir. Ben Dunn, 43. <laughs> Glenn bagging out Reed as a shit center with no footwork when his options Ashford. How fucking dare you? <laughs> And the you want to defend one. Jack Reed to me? <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, in a, in a guy's whose team has fucking Ben Pomeroy settle fuck down. Jesus, <laughs> the unique one, eighty. He's got a voice for mime. Quote an American listening to Darren Lockyer's commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a lot of tweets from that. I think everyone was at the game. Uh, next game, good crowd too. <laughs> next game, awesome game. Uh, my second favorite of the round. City Roosters 38 <laughs> defeat the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs nil. Duck egg. Oh, fucking sensational. Uh, the Roosters, their 38 points came from tries to Roger Tuivasa-Shek, James Maloney, a double to Sonny Bill, Daniel Mortimer, Michael Jennings also got tries, uh, Maloney 6 from 6, and a penalty goal. Do- doggies, <laughs> duck egg, nothing, nada, zilch, niente, fucking hopeless. <laughs> nada. Um, a lot of hype leading into this game, given that Obviously, Sonny Bill playing against the, the club that he arsehole all those years ago. Um, Sonny Bill seemed to handle the occasion a lot better than the Dogs. And I think a lot of that came down to the Dogs falling victim to the expectations of their parochial fan base who clearly haven't forgiven Sonny and uh, and and were very vocal um, through social media and, and obviously at the ground. Uh, and I, I think the Dogs probably wanted to you know, take that um, parochialism and, and their passion out onto the field with them and, and show Sonny who was boss, but they I think they did, it just did their heads in in the end. I think they actually, the opposite, I think they, they should have gone that way and maybe got themselves a bit interested in the game. I think the opposite to me. But they didn't, but they, they didn't, I mean, all through the week they're talking down, oh, you know, no, nothing's going to happen. None of us played for the doggies when uh, when Sonny Bill left, so we've got no personal stake in this, blah, blah, blah. And they was like, you know, we hope the, fan, the fans, you know, behave themselves and don't, you know, don't do anything stupid. Like, they were like talking everything mm. down as much as they could. But the media was more <laughs> lines building it up. And I think if the doggies had have let themselves buy into it a little bit and show a bit of passion... And maybe they wouldn't have been molested 38 points to nil. They might have shown a little bit of fight. Yeah. To his credit, Sonny um, played probably his best game of the season. Um, he really stood up to the occasion and um, scored a couple of tries and laid one on for... Uh, laid that beautiful one. I think it was yeah. his first touch pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So that should shut him up for a while. Um, I think the past two weeks are pretty worrying for the Dogs. Um, whilst they, they have racked up a few losses, they had gone down in games where they were very, very competitive and unlucky to lose in some instances, and you could probably credit it to the to the personnel that they were missing at the time. But these past couple of weeks, um, their effort just hasn't been there, their execution has been really poor, um, and their game plans just didn't seem to have any real effect on the opposition. And um, as I said before, the, the losses are starting to rack up now, and... Um, and their form's starting to take a downward spiral as well, and it's not a good sign for them. 
No, no, even with Barber being back, he's not doing anything. He's been very well contained. And that sort of second man play that they benefited from a lot last season is not working anymore. People expect it and they shut it down very easily. Sure. I think the Roosters could be possibly the best team in the NRL if all their weapons find form at once consistently week in, week out. Fuck, they've got some firepower. Yeah, I mean, they're no manly, but they could definitely be second best. No <laughs> doubt about it. Maybe third best, because the Storm would probably still be better than them. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, th- I think both of us had them, you know, marked down as, you know, b- the big improvers. I don't know, I had them as my big improvers of the year. I didn't expect them to improve this much, but yeah. um, I, you know, they're definitely, you know, they're at least making, you know, that come true to an extent. So far, anyway, you know, it's very very young in the season. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, they're going all right. And, you know, any any side that, you know... Beats the Roosters, 30, beats the, the Dogs 38 nil, Fucking sensational. And, you know... You're so bitter. It's just like that. It's just, even back from, like, ARL versus Super League, I mean, you know, the Chookies were another one of the clubs that stood proud, you know, while teams like, you know, uh, Balmain and, and Western Suburbs were fucking cowering, you know, at the might of Super League. You know, then you had your guys like, you How know... How did we cower? Well, you fucking... You got in a cuddle together and you haven't fucking separated, have you? Meanwhile, teams like, you know, proud teams like the Seagulls and the Roosters pretty much saved rugby league. Pouring all their resources. Oh, I fucking shit. can't sit here and listen to this shit. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking history. Read a book. Now, <laughs> fucking pick up a book and I'll stick it up your ass is what I'll do. So, yeah, you know, the Princeton, you know, Manly, they, they, they almost killed themselves to save rugby league and they I did. I wish they did. I wish written... they killed themselves and all their fans. The world would be a better fucking place. <laughs> well, we killed the Bears, though. I mean, that's got to count for something. <laughs> well, no, because if the Bears are still there, the Tigers might get two fucking competition points one week this year. All right. Tweets. Mighty Eagles at 40zip is the Twitter handle. And he uh, he was going off, obviously loving it. SBW Magic Ball. The dogs are truly fucked this season. Des, you sold out for nothing, mate. And we've got well, Fu- Fubar underscore. Grand final, but whatever. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. And what happened there? Did they win that? <laughs> no. Nothing. At Fubar underscore 84. When will Hasler realise that the touchies run harder and faster than T-Rex? Hash useless. The media is really waking up to it now. There was, you know, for a while there, it was just um, the Manly fan base and they sort of uh, infected the Bulldogs fan base with the truth. We convinced the Doggies fans (laughs) that it was actually shit. (laughs) Um, And, you know, obviously pretty much everyone else jumped on board, but now the media is all over it and, um, you know, He's, he's on a hiding to nothing. He doesn't look like the type of bloke that really is going to respond to criticism particularly well. No. Um, so, you know, we could be watching a man's career um, just crashing and burning in in spectacular fashion. Yeah, he's he's, he's been afflicted by second-year syndrome about four years in a row now. <laughs> <laughs> he never was good at maths. Reminds me, reminds me of that episode. You, you know, the, you watch The Simpsons. You've watched The Simpsons in the past, haven't you? Back in the early, like one of the early, like in the first three seasons when they had the softball team, when Mr. Burns got all the ringers in, like Ken Griffey Jr. and Dale yep. Strawberry, and they were and, and, the isotopes. Yeah, and 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 uh, and oh no, no, the isotopes. That's actually the professional or the, you know, the semi-pro team, but this is actually the, the intercompany softball team. Just, just had to make me wrong, didn't you? Yeah, but um, and Bart and Lisa, or Bart's on the sidelines, yelling out the strawberry out in the outfield. He's like, Daryl, Daryl, and Lisa's like, you know, stop. And you go, no, he's a professional baseball player. This stuff just is like water off a duck's back. And you send you see Daryl Strawberry's face, and just a tear just rolled down his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I imagine T Rex is like. <laughs> if the cameras, you know, Channel Nine broadcasting HD, so we can see that shit, you gronks. All right, um, 
40s have came in again. Williams is fucking useless. Can't even hold the ball sliding over the line. Must be his little T-Rex arms. S. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barulius. Player A and C are having shockers tonight. <laughs> That's a nice callback to the last episode. Uh, Devonhead. Five years ago, SBW fucked the dogs old country way. Tonight he broke their back and fucked their ass. Hash Team Sheiky. Hash Saucy Face. <laughs> Have you seen that Saucy Face shit? That's a Trotter's... That's a Trotter's... It's a Trotter's... It's, 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 well, it's got to be retarded. Don't want to hear he about didn't, it. He didn't invent, invent the hashtag. Someone was the first one. I may have been one of the first people to do it, but he actually he got his iPhone into the hands of um, his daughter and she was playing some game, like, you know, some horse game, and she called it Saucy Face something or other. <laughs> so we've just been throwing Saucy Face at him ever since. Um, uh, then we got... Oh, then we got 40 Zip came in again and said, fuck, there's you're really under the radar now. Flogged and dead last on the ladder. Karma. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns the uh, ubiquitous uh, doggies fan who's always commenting every week and ev- every single week when the doggies lose he goes through two phases the first phase is outright anger then the second phase is like re- resignation and like you know sportsmanship so his first one was um, I'd still rather lose by plenty than have to support a grubby pole smoking prick like grubby Bill hash proud to be a bulldog then we got QLD underscore cockroach can we start calling Gus Gould I said he never shuts up about how right he is unless he's got a face full of sunny. Hash SBW OMG. <laughs> then GT351 Johns comes back. And says, Congratulations to the Roosters, except that piece of shit in the 12 jersey. The other 16 players, well done, outplayed us to win. That's about as close to sportsmanship as he's going to get on that game. Uh, Hammers, H4MMERZ. SBW and Maloney were a two-pronged scat attack that shot all over Des and Dogs. Hash SPW OMG, and he's put a little emoticon in there, like drops of water. <laughs> I don't think that's or, water. Yeah, <laughs> drops of something. I'm, I'm sure the emoticon uh, person, you know, intended it to be water. At <laughs> uh, Scotty Eel, I thought that bang was Desi ripping a door off, but it was just the bulldogs falling to the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> Ash Desi in decline. He does some excellent tweets for a Parramatta supporter. At Shane, er- <laughs> <laughs> like real fair, like, and you'll see later on in this episode. There's another one coming up. It's like. Wow, when I read it, I was like... Oh, it's like that no, guy can actually form a sentence yeah, for someone and, that has no like, functional sen- that's a ration, That's a rational, dare I say, complimentary to manly thought. And I, don't, I can't see an ulterior motive in there. Um, at Shane Aaron Elvis. Since Barber's return, the dogs look even less likely to win. The lucky bounce tries have all dried up, missing more than their props. Um... And then he came in with another tweet. Uh, that's uh, Shane Aaron Elvis again. Said, uh, the dogs copped such a good touch-up, I can see their lipstick. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Shunter86. SBW might not have been involved in Coffs Harbour, but he certainly took the doggies against their will tonight. Hash OMG. And then hash Des Haslol. <laughs> God. Why hasn't a Manly fan come up with that? <laughs> it's just so obvious. Michael Darren 79 For a game that was talked about all week, a crowd of 22,000 is extremely disappointing. The crowd seems split 50-50. Fuck, give them a break. One team's at the bottom of the fucking ladder. Yeah, and the other and the other team has no fans. But apart from that, I actually blame the media because the Dogs administration and players were talking down any sort of, you know, aggro stuff. And the Roosters, you know, they weren't, they really didn't say much about anything really through the week. You would but, think um, that would have went a little bit harder considering they instigated a love to hate yeah. hashtag thing against South. You yeah. would think they would go a little bit harder. They're shameless self, self-promoters if nothing else. Yeah, but I mean, so the crowd, I mean, you know, the media's all like, oh, we're going to need extra security. Oh, you know, 
Bulldogs fans are going to be, you know, they're going to be violent. There's going to be Bulldogs fans dressed up in in Roosters jerseys, starting shit, you know, like instigating shit to, you know, kick off violence stuff. So when you hear all that sort of stuff, that keeps things like, you know, families and, you know, that sort of thing away. Because there's so many people I've seen, I've seen on Twitter as well, like Dogs fans and Roosters fans are like, I'm not going to that game. For that, for that very reason. So I think that's got more to do with, you know, with the low crowd than anything else. Um, and finally, the Chapo 82. Even France put more, up more of a fight than the Bulldogs did. Hash disgrace, hash heartless. And that's coming from a Bulldogs fan. Next up, the Newcastle Knights. Eight. Defeated the Penrith Panthers. Six. <sighs> Newcastle Knights, eight points came from tries to... Try to James McManus. Gidley was one of one on the conversions and he got a penalty goal. Penrith Panthers try to Sikamanu and Luke Walsh was one from one on the conversion. From the heights of the Broncos Cowboys game and, and the good win from the Roosters into the cesspool that was this match. Fuck, what a horrible game of footy. There's really nothing positive to say other than Penrith competed. They scratched and they scraped and almost pulled off the upset against the Knights who were a long way, a long way from the side that is coached by possibly one of the greatest rugby league coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have anything else to say other than the Panthers got a lot closer than what they should have and the Knights were a way lot worse than what they should have been and it ultimately spelt a fucking snooze fest. Yeah, this is the first genuine Vuvuzela we've had this year. I mean, we've I know we've sort of tagged games like that in the past, yeah. uh, this year, but they were they had nothing on this. This was guy at work who's a huge Knights fan. Said, uh, "I actually," he goes, "The Tigers played better in a one point loss than what the Knights did in a two point win." <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Bulldogs played better in a thirty eight point <laughs> yeah, loss. Exactly. Quite frankly, terrible, terrible game. Just the the worst game of the year by none. Um, Got a couple of tweets in. Mr. Bowles. Now, I'm going to read one or two of his tweets out. He sent us probably about six, and he was just—he was very, very angry as a Penrith fan, um, and does a podcast, Panthers Weekly, as well. True. And um, and he's from Lithgow, so he's really got nothing positive in his life. And Ranger too. And Ranger. I, mean, I don't want to keep dumping. I don't want to keep heaping heaping stuff on top of him. Pretty yeah. sure he's he's maybe from Lithgow, but he's actually homeless. And so he said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Newcastle has the ugliest crowds in the NRL. Hash drop pies, hash smash crabs. Especially when they play against the Panthers. At Ben Skinner. Both teams' ambition to be an NRL team outweighs their talent. Hash zzz. Hash waiting for for the South Melbourne game. Mm -hmm. And he tweeted that to the Knights' official account and the Panthers' official account. So that's sensational. Kudos to you, sir. Yeah, uh, and we got um, from at Flafflin. F-L-A-F-F-L-I-N. Looks like Bennett has well and truly coached all the excitement out of the Knights. As a coach, he's like a talented David Ferner. Wow. Scotty Eel. What the fuck is the go with Newcastle in 5.30 games every time they're Vuvuzelas? Someone give them some peptides for fuck's sake. Hash boring. See another sensational tweet from Scotty Eel. He's on fire. And uh, Mr. Bowles come back again and said, did, Sir, did Shervington just claim the Knights were too good? What game were you watching, Gronk? Neither side was good at all. Exactly. Um, moving on to top of the table clash. The Melbourne Storm 17 defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs 10. The points we had uh, Rabbitohs, their 10 points came from tries to Greg Inglis and Andrew Everingham. Adam Reynolds was one of two on the conversions. And the Storm 17 came from tries to Kevin Proctor, Mahe Fanua, Gareth Widdop, and field goals 
one to Cooper Croc, and Cameron Smith was two of three on the conversions. Another awesome game of footy um, after what was a fucking deplorable performance from the previous game. Um, I think some teams are actually starting to hit their straps, certainly the teams at the, towards the top of the ladder um, that we expect to be there at the end of the season, like the Roosters, um, Melbourne and South, Manly, teams like that. Um, you know, not to mention the Tigers, um, are all starting to hit their straps and play their best footy. Um, I think. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't say that without laughing. Uh, I should have left Manly out of that. Sorry. Um, South showed they aren't quite there just yet, but I think if these two teams meet again later in the year, the result could well be different. Um, I think Melbourne just showed that they've been at the top um, for longer and they can cope with adversity and cope with tight games a little bit better than South can at the moment but South threw everything at them um, and I don't think there's any there was any shame in, in South losing this game they're just slightly off that level but I think as the season wears on I think they'll um, they're one of the teams that can really take the mantle um, come the end of the year um, Cooper Cronk was ultimately the difference in general play and also on the scoreboard with um, you know icing the game with a, with a field goal but it was a kick, his kicking game that laid the platform for Melbourne to um to get away with a, a pretty solid victory. Oh, the rabbit, the rabbitos are myths, and this is the first time they've been exposed. They're not the last this season. <laughs> yeah, I said. Oh, it. I wonder who they play next. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, tweets Shunter eighty six. If Billy Slater wasn't such a good player, he'd rightly be remembered in the annals of history as a cheating little shit. Agreed. That's as well. We need to talk about that. You know, we had the the incident with uh, Nathan Merritt where South supporters were. Screaming for a penalty try when he was, you know, taken what about thirty meters, thirty out? meters out from yeah. So it certainly shouldn't have been a penalty try because and there's, really, there's, there's probably not that many fullbacks that wouldn't have made that tackle. Yeah, he had to do it. Yeah. It's a professional foul every day of the week. They dealt with it as it should be dealt with. He got ten in the bin and um, and you know that's where it should have been left. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he went unpunished for it. I mean, no. the penalty try was absolutely bullshit though. Um, okay, is a zip zip. When will refs wake up to the hash purple scum tactics of giving away penalties whenever they have to defend in broken play? Well, it's smart if they can reset their line and, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they're, if they're giving away a penalty, then they're being punished for it. So yeah. I guess they weigh up as a as a club if, if that's part of their game plan. And, if they can defend you know. from a set line rather than, you know, and, you know, give away a couple of tackles, then, you know, so be it. Sure. I think Manly probably back themselves in a similar situation as well. So, you know, if you've got good defence, why not? You know, Sharkies too, most probably. Okay, uh, where are we? Anthony Bayless, Baybay BNC. South fans calling for a penalty try for Merritt when he's still 25 metres out. Hash bitch please. Hash delusional. Hash Slater's a cheat. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Why? Why do people do that? Shane Aaron Elvis. I'd say penalty try. 100% Merritt would fetch his own kick, but we didn't take our chances. How do you beat the protected? Guess who he goes for? Fucking hell. <laughs> Alright, moving right along to Canberra Stadium, where the Canberra Raiders 20 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 16. Another one of these games that slipped away from the Warriors. Uh, the tries came to Shandor Earl got one, Edric Lee got two, Sam Williams got one, Jared Croker hit two of four goals. The Warriors had tries to the Beast, a double to Manu Vatavai, a try to Ben Henry and Sean Johnson two of three. Campo made a solid return from injury. Um... Had a hand in the winning try, or a foot, as it were. Um, Solid in the sense that he didn't get injured again after five minutes, too. Well, there's that. 
Um, also had you know a couple of good runs. Almost pulled off a pretty impressive solo effort as well. Um, injury to Shillington as well, which could put him out for a little while. Pretty bad luck. I think he was starting to really drag the Raiders pack along with him. Um, his time in Origin. Um, and, you know, obviously playing for Australia has, has made him quite a good forward leader in in recent seasons. And I think he, he was really warming to the task with the Raiders and was starting to play some of his best footy, but um, a little bit of a setback for him. Uh, the Warriors' effort was was commendable as well. They, they certainly didn't give up the ghost and they hung right in um, until the very end of the game when um, Campo laid on the... The kick for Edric Lee to scream through um, like an octopus falling out of a fucking tree. Grab the ball and, <laughs> and dive over the line. And just on Edric, um, he's fucking haircut. <laughs> he looks like Grace Jones. Yeah. Just with smaller yeah. labia. Yeah. <laughs> I think I may have seen a tweet saying about Grace Jones as well. I'm not oh, sure really? Was, I'm not sure if it was one to us. Fuck. Because we got fuck all, we got fuck all I tweets. I thought that was solid. We, I mean, we got one tweet to this. I thought the Canberra fans would be going nuts about this and the Warriors fans would at least be getting fired up and angry. Mm. But uh, no, not the Neither case. of those things happened. Not. So, uh, you know, Warriors, once again, I mean, this is this is a game, you know, considering how inhospitable to a visiting side Canberra is at night time at this time of year. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's going to get a whole lot colder. Yeah, but how inhospitable is as a, as an away game for any team? And then you've got the Warriors who don't well, travel well anyway. it's not just anyway. really the fact that it's cold. I mean, it's filled with shit people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's in a just, shit place. It's just, it's just not. It's, it's a genuine home field advantage for yeah. a side like Brookvale's for Manly, and you know, there's a couple others. You know, I think I said Storm probably got a pretty good home field advantage as well. But the Warriors don't travel at all well. No. And yet they came down and they, you know, they had this, they had this game if they were good enough, and they just, you know, just let it slip. And that's that's the point. They're just not good enough. Yeah, that's it. Okay, one tweet, solo tweet from this game, uh, Mister Sports eighty three. Pretty quiet game from Sean Fensom. Just a lazy 177 metres on 20 runs and 44 tackles. Hash origin, hash workhorse. That motherfucker, he's... I hear people say about Cam Smith being a bit of a dog's body. Yeah. He doesn't really look like an athlete. Yeah. Never seen Sean Fensom with his shirt off. Probably don't really want to. Somewhat of a dog's body also. Motherfucker's got a motor. Yeah. And he's strong like an ox. Yeah. Fucking hell. Impressive. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah. You know, when you look at someone like T-Rex, I hate to keep harking back to him. Hey, please do, if you're going to slag if, him. If Sean Fenson, yep. who really doesn't if, really look like much of an athlete. You put that motor into like into a physique like that, or yeah. that size, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck. What is wrong with that guy? <laughs> hey, look, you know, the greatest minds in the game have asked that question. You, me, Joey, Sterling. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the match of the round. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles 25 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 18. Good heritage round game. Obviously, you know, we had some great uh, tussles in the 70s. Uh, Manly's points to 25 came from tries to Justin Horro, Daly Cherry Evans, Tom Simons, Petter Hiku, and Steve Matai. Daly Cherry Evans got a field goal as well. Jamie Lyon, 2 of 5 from the conversions. Not a great day. Benji Esque indeed. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 18 points came from a double to Nathan Stapleton, a try to Stuart Mills. Uh, two conversions from two attempts from Michael Gordon and one from one from Chad Townsend. And Chad Townsend, fucking old school, last of the Mohicans, toe kicker, <laughs> kicked it from touch and he just literally straight on, bang, and it just this brick just sort of wobbled through the air and, you know, didn't deviate, didn't curve, just, you know, went in probably, you know, 50 centimetres in the right upright. He's as, uh, he's fairly retro, Townsend. 
I don't know if there's anyone else that He'd does that anymore. Corduroy pants, surely. Just trying to think of the kickers. There's no, there's no toe pokers left. Well, this, he's except, the last for Chad, of except for Chad Towns, exactly, because he, he's he's the last guy. Just came out of the Chad. Up. The Chad. <laughs> the Chad is just toe poking up a storm. <laughs> um, gritty display from the Sharks, um, and you know, all credit to the Chad, but they were they were really a carny away from a win. Um, there was a time in the game where it was sort of in the balance the Sharks were coming back after starting really poorly and, um, you know, they just needed someone just a little bit more creativity and they couldn't quite get there. Um, yet more grind from the Eagles. Um, teams keep playing to their strengths and manly keep lapping it up. Um, you know, they probably still had another gear to go to, but um, I think, you know, they've they changed their mindset after running out to a pretty handy lead. And... You know, DCE showed his maturity. I think he's got origin in his future down the track, and um, it's games like this where he was able to ice the game late fairly uh, calmly that'll um, hold him in good stead. He's, and, you know, these gritty, grinding sort of games um, are the type of things that, that lay a platform for an origin player, and I think he will be at some stage. He's got a pretty handy, a couple of pretty handy halves in, in front of him at the moment, but... Um, he will certainly, uh, you know, they're already grooming him. He's in all the development squads and all the rest of it. Um, and he's, he's putting performances like that on the field. So it's definitely in his makeup. They'll definitely, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, he'll, he's, he's so good, he'll force them to drop Thurston and shift Cronk to 5'8". You fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got anything else to say about the game? No, I figured um, you'd have plenty to say, yeah, so I didn't but, want to say too much. You know, you're right in what you said. There was a very, a very gritty performance from them but ultimately they've got fucking nothing they still have nothing to decide um carney might have you know might have given them something more but they had nothing and the fact is that one of their tries came from what was amounted essentially an intercept length of the field and the other one was just um taking advantage of a debutant out on the wing who found himself in no man's land with like two on one against him um and really makes it a very a very different game and manly of course had a, a completely legit try disallowed as well which would have iced the game a lot of earlier too. because i mean i think they were ahead 24 to 12 at the time when that try was disallowed so you know they could have very well run away with it but um the thing that the thing that helped the cronulla i mean cronulla hung in there don't get me wrong but from the 30th minute to about the 60th minute the referees absolutely penalised Manly out of the game, and it was almost like they had money on keeping it one to twelve. It was that bad. <laughs> um, they got their wish, and then Manly started kicking away. Like they got the try to take a twenty-four twelve lead. Looked like they were going to get that try, but it was disallowed because the referee didn't like Brett Stewart gobbing off to him two minutes earlier down the field. Did you see that? That's that's why they disallowed that that last try. Oh, that forward pass, fuck you! It's a lack of respect, as you'd expect from someone like Brett Stewart, and, and a lack of respect from the referees in disallowing a perfectly illegal try, um, which would have been you know more fantasy points for Peter Hickel as well, who's in my side. So you know, anyway, um, I was, I'm a bit mixed on the on the debut for Hickel. He was he was okay. I mean, he definitely had some nerves under like the high ball, as you'd expect in your in your first grade debut. Um, but, you know, he, the try he scored was good. Uh, he, he almost got another one. Uh, he almost set up another one. So I think overall, you know, once he gets a bit of confidence, I think he'll, uh, you know, I, I, he, his debut was certainly no worse than uh, Jorge's one. So And now Jorge's come on to, you know, be a rep player. So I expect him, uh, yeah, he'll probably kick on as well, you know, if need be. I mean, I'm not sure how, how long we're expecting Wolfman to be out. Anyone can be a rep player these days. Uh, Tommy Simons. We get him for a month, turn him into a rep player again. Sensational. Thanks Tread. again. Thanks again. Thanks again, uh, Chookies. People are starting to call him Red Beaver as well now. <laughs> uh, I'll still call him Tread. 
and best the best game that I mean Justin Horro, don't get me wrong, he's played really well ever since we've had him. But uh this is his best game as well. Uh he scored one try, untouched, came within a whisker of scoring a second try as well. Uh he was sensational all day. Um love their work. Uh tweets. Shabugan. Luke Lewis is the Adam Blair of the Cronulla Sharks. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> You're just shaking your head because you know exactly what he meant by that. <laughs> ben Skinner. Not sure, not sure why all the Cronulla Sharks aren't wearing their heritage jersey, pink and black. Hash 15 players on the field, hash referees in decline. <laughs> I agree 100%. It was terrible. That's fairly creative. Shabugan. Unlike the previous tweet. Shabugan again. After that bullshit call in DCE's favour, Manly not about to bitch about refs for the rest of the season. Oh, they still will, mate. You can't stop them. <sighs> oh, I just did. They need it like oxygen. <laughs> and then Mup 23, Titans trial in residence. With a little help from the refs, Manly win the Stephen Dank Shield. Just too bad this game won't be worth any points soon. Cruzy <laughs> uh, 6 It seems Manly have released a hybrid Pikachu in Hika Uyuki or something to, delete, to defeat the Cronulla Pep Sharks. <laughs> and, um, this is one of the best tweets we've ever received. I'm talking about ever on the show. Oh, this isn't Nigel. For sweet Nigel B. Oh, here we go. He sent in a haiku. Hiku, no T-Rex. Thank baby Jesus for that. Hashtag go manly. And then he's got hash hiku haiku. Sensational. I, and I wish that more people, I mean, there are people going, oh, you know, great tweet, blah, blah, blah. I wish more people had have just started, you know, taking the hashtag and just started doing their own. Because it could have been, there was some, there's, there's some unmined gold, I think, there that could have been done. No one cares. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, he's such a, such a huge manly fan, but um, he was waving his rally tail at the Broncos game like, you know, like a fucking sap. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I think he was t- he was he was completely he was completely whipped by uh by Jill and Aaron. <laughs> well, you know, completely. Erin is you know she's a lovely girl, but fuck, she's angry at the footy. And Nigel just said, "I don't want to." I don't. I, sorry, Aaron, I can't. I can't wave the towel. Just fucking wave the towel, Nigel. <laughs> yes, Aaron. The sign saying rally towel. Yeah. <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> um, do it like all these other fucking zombies. And finally, um. Thanks for the heritage jersey too. It's on its way. And My it's pleasure, mate. Sensational, the manly My heritage. fucking pleasure. I love the idea of the manly jersey um, with the names of all the players that have ever played for Seagulls and um, nice touch putting Jason and Nier in there as well and uh, with all the evolution of all the logos and stuff like that. It's an awesome jersey. Can't wait Fuck, to get it. you just got a jersey with cunt written on it 500 times. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> It's a okay. fucking waste of money. Can't believe I paid for that. <laughs> Sensational. Cheers. Uh, we move along. Speaking of cunts, the West Tigers <laughs> went down to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. 13 points to 12. Um, now, this game, my goodness. So let's go through the points first before we get too far into it. Daniel Vito, Brett Morris, Matt Cooper scored some tries. Uh, Jamie Seward nailed himself a field goal. And zero from three on the conversions. West Tigers, they had tries to Ben Murdoch Masilla and Timmy Maltzen. Anasta, two from two in conversions. What do you got to say for yourself? Oh, look, I think if, if uh, Hot Sauce plays 80 minutes at fullback, we probably win the game. I think that was ultimately the, the difference uh, when he started getting um, some ball closer to the middle of the ruck. Um, he was pretty much unstoppable as you'd expect him to be. He's a future possibly Hall of Fame player and, and probably going to win about half a dozen DLMs in his in his career, not to mention premierships. Um, Everything you said then is bullshit, especially the premierships part. <laughs> fucking dare you. That kid is a fucking superstar. Unless he's just Tim Maltzen must have a sphincter like the fucking 
eye of a fucking needle at the moment because he's <laughs> like he's just looking over his shoulder going when am I going to get shipped off to the fucking dragons he's, when is he's, it going to happen he's, he's, he's more like saying when am I going to get shipped off to the halves <laughs> because uh, cause, you know Benji's not performing so you know Benji I think it's like this this you know domino, domino effect of tight sphincterism because Benji knows that he's Mate, pretty much going to be sent off to England it's, any it's day it's no different to the Seagulls carrying fucking Beaver Menzies for all those years after he was well past his best um, the Tigers will hang on to Benji Marshall and he'll uh, he'll turn things around I remember Beaver scored a try in his last game um, look the signs are good for the Tigers um, I think he, you know they're still learning to play together some of the changes they've made have had an effect on the squad new coach new game plan uh, new regime, but uh, I think there are some good signs. Uh, the season's very early in its very early stages, and I, I think they can turn things around um, off the back of Robbie Farrow, who's, who's possibly, you know, will go down as the greatest hooker ever to play the game. Um, just on losing to Jamie Soward, losing to a Jamie Soward field goal, it's, it's like getting a blowjob from your cousin who's a hooker. You, you know she's really good at what she does best, but it still feels wrong. He can kick a field goal. I'll give him that. You're tapping but into something there, aren't you? <laughs> the Gillis family history, it's yeah. A, and it's the first time, and it's not the first time it's happened to you either. <laughs> this goes all the way back to 2010. I know, that's why it feels so, so wrong. <laughs> it feels so wrong, but you've come back for seconds anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, you know, how, how about uh, Murdoch Masilla? Got yourself, got you back into the game, you know, with a try. Yeah. And then and proceed then... to fucking drop the ball twice <laughs> in the last couple of minutes when it really counted. Yeah. And when you were probably working your way, I mean, because, you know, Robbie... We're going to run over the top of Robbie, Robbie can kick a field goal from fucking, like, you know, 20 metres outside his own try line. So, I mean, yeah. Robbie can kick a field goal from a lot longer than that away. He can do it. He can do a goal line dropout that'll go for a field goal. And if Brayton Astor hadn't busted his groin, we all know he can kick him from 47 fucking metres out, five in from touch. I wonder if he can do him to save the day, though, rather than kill the Tigers. <laughs> but in any case, the, the the most important point is Jamie Soward actually bitched about the heritage ball with the what the you know the the old style like the same shape as the balls now. We spoke about people not being happy unless they're unhappy. Yeah. Tonight, Nathan. Jamie Soward is one of those types of people. But that's why he reckons he missed these missed the goals. Oh, and right. quite frankly, if they so if they were using a normal ball, then it would have been eighteen points to nil at any point. Field goal wouldn't have even happened. Tigers wouldn't have even got within a range where they needed to get a field goal. And this wouldn't have been a, ga- a close game. Braith and Aston knocked both his kicks over. Uh, one was an absolute clutch line drive that never looked like missing. So Jamie Sow just needs to shut the fuck up for a change. Yeah, which was one that never looked like missing. Talk. The one when Murdoch Masilla scored like right next to the post. <laughs> Jamie Sow just needs to let the big people talk more often than not. Yeah, but you know, once again, I mean, the Dragons, how much shit are we giving them this year? Here it is, they've won three in a row and it's still Tigers in decline. The hits keep coming. Tweets. At yeah, nah, maybe. Not pretty, and only the Tigers, but we'll take the points. Hash, Tigers in decline. Fuck off, mate. Devonhead, all the Dragons fans came out of the woodwork here. Yeah. Devonhead, Team Farrah almost stepped up to the plate, but at the end of the day, it's still hash, Tigers in decline. Hash, saucy face. Oh. At, yeah, he's pushing, the, he's pushing the hashtag now. At Mup23. He should be hash, Apple saucy face. <laughs> hash, Mup23. Adam Blair's form has finally paid off. He doesn't have to get belted by the kangaroos. <laughs> Wado, 88. At this rate, the buy will even beat the Tigers. Hash Tigers in decline, hash hacks. And uh, salute you, you just tweeted it to the actual West Tigers account as well. I'm sure their social media person appreciated that. At Cruzy 6 So that's two from two starts and Astrid halfback. When will Potter go to Twitter and research that him at halfback equals doom? 
Hashtags in decline. Well, you know, he won't be for the next four weeks. At, yeah, nah, maybe. Hey, Tigers fans, what hurts more? 26 nil to Manly or a one-point loss to the Dragons? Hashtags in decline. Care to answer that question, Dwayne? Nah. So, what, so does the loss to Manly hurt more? Or one point to the Dragons? I'd say the Manly. I already answered. I said the the fact that it's cost me financially to lose to Manly. So that's the that that's the uh, that's the worst one for you. Yeah. Also, because the fact ultimately that, you know, losing to the Dragons is worthless. It's true. Well, you know, it's, it's for and against with a spoon, both of you, isn't it? <laughs> At Super Grover Four, damn you, Tigers! Hand back your stripes because you got no claws. You got beaten by the hash cat in the hat for fuck's sake. Hash paper Tigers. <laughs> At a new a new player has entered the building, Sharon, at Angel underscore Forever eighty seven, and uh, very angelic with the first uh, shots fired across the bow. I love that the Tigers just got close enough to make the loss more painful. They feed off Glenn's tears, <laughs> and she followed up with, uh, "For the Tigers, it was a game of no halves." Sensational stuff. She's. F- <laughs> <laughs> I wish she was a bot. At B one five five B one five five four two, even in magpie colours, the Gronks can't win. Hash West Afghanistan Tigers in decline. Hash Vuvuzela. How um every week he pushes how, this Gronk West Afghanistan yeah, thing. It's not catching on. Um, can I just say how resplendent were those jerseys? Have you put your money down to get one yet? Not yet. I was going to say, because I looked at it and I thought, well, fuck me. If that's if there's one jersey that could possibly usurp the fucking Lance Armstrong or the fucking <laughs> Hamburglar as the number one pick, the one that's pretty much just a straight, straight up West Tigers classic yep. white V. Yes, <laughs> I will be partaking in one of those. That shit's straight out of the fucking 90s. Yep. Straight out of forever, really. Straight out of the 70s. <laughs> straight 80s out of the 90s. They were fairly unimaginative, the jersey manufacturers in those days. <laughs> they didn't really. Did, did, now we've got 18 jerseys a year. Apart from, a, apart from a reversed one, did, 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 what, did they have any other. It took them forever to even come up with the reverse one. Yeah. It was just uh, literally as black with the white stripes, for, like white V forever. Yeah. Yeah, like Manly. Oh, well, they had, obviously, back in the 50s or whatever it was, yeah. they had the hoops. Yeah. But in my lifetime, so like, up until. One jersey. Up until the late 80s, yeah. when they had the white with the black V, Masterton yeah. Holmes one. That was the only variation. Do you reckon that's when the like home and away jerseys came in as a thing? Around then. It had to be, because I mean, even with Manly, I mean, remember they went through the era where they had like, you know, the maroon with the, the, the thick white uh, white V, and they had like the ones like um the Pioneer one, which was the white with the maroon hoops, and they had the like the Warmwood one, which was the yeah. maroon with the white hoops, yeah. and they went home and away. They were just like complete, just the only jersey for you know mm. for that time, and then they moved on to you know even like you even think through the nineties like Pepsi and everything. There was no reverses for those, or no. So they obviously realised they can get double the money out of the fucking hardcore fans by having two different. Yeah, jerseys. exactly right. And then you look at the Tigers now. I think someone tweeted that you know we've had six rounds of football and Tigers have worn four different jerseys or something. Yeah, like yes. Yeah, that Skyfall one was shit house. Sorry? That Skyfall one was shit house. Have all those, have all those Skyfalls been auctioned off? Yeah. How would they go for? Do you remember? Oh, I can't remember. Just yeah, curious to see how much they did. I'd have to double check, but yeah. I know Robbie's and Benji's fetched some tidy sums. As you expect. Big pardon? Twenty nine ninety nine. Can we move on, please? I'm tired of fucking talking to you. <laughs> well, we've got games and all sorts of shit to get through, yeah. Yeah, I know. Gold Coast Titans, 28, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 22. 
Uh, the Titans' 28 points came from tries to Anthony Don, Ashley Harrison, Mark Minicello, Albert Kelly, Bo Henry got four conversions from four attempts, and he also got two penalty goals from two attempts. The Parramatta Eels tries to a double to Jared Hayne. Ryan Morgan got one. Chris Sandow, three of three, and two of two penalty goals. Did you see the person that had the LaDon James sign? Yeah. yeah that's Come true. on, son. That's fucked. I mean, you, Fuck me, you need to go back to Have this. we taught you nothing about humour? You need to go Funny back to shit. small goods and you're like, is Don is good or something like that, you know? like There's so <laughs> many things you could do. Yes. Yes. Or make, you know, a Godfather reference, even. Exactly. You could be like the Don, and you could take that in many directions. There's numerous mafia movies that, you know, draw upon, you know, things like that. Maybe he's got a hot missus and he could be like the real Don, batting above his average. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Josh Dugan to go after him. <laughs> Give his wife a good time. So, yeah. I think Ricky Stewart coach sides shouldn't lose from there, regardless of the referees. Um, Parramatta had that game in hand and, and really shouldn't have let it go, but they just couldn't hang in. And the Titans got him in the end. Um, for a side that we didn't really expect much of, the Titans are actually looking looking the goods at certain parts this season, and they were out with without one of their best attacking players in Caesar. Yeah, it's Parramatta. Let's not get fucking Still, started. but look at the way Parramatta's played at some points this season. First game. Was it? Well, first end. couple of games were all right. Then they had a bit of a lapse, and then they come good the other week. So their second game, they lost the Dogs, who have since been exposed as <laughs> worse than Parramatta. <laughs> look, credit to the Titans, who, we, like I said, we, we had fairly low expectations of, but they, they're showing a, some good qualities. They didn't give up, and they... Um, they managed to find the points that they needed to, again, as I say, without Caesar, who's probably been um, their, their focal point of their attack in large parts this season um, so far. Not really enough from Sandow in this game, I thought. Um, it was really there for him to, to put his stamp on when Parramatta were in front, and he, he could have really iced the game with some, some good kicks into the corners and, um, and just steering the team around and, and leading them to victory. But... Um, if, if not for Hayne and Matua, who did their best to get the Eels home, I think Titans probably would have won by more. Yeah. I'm just, this one is all about the 8-1 penalty count in the second half. Uh, the Eels were never never given an opportunity. Um, you know, penalties translate into you know directly into possession. And I don't have the statistic as, you know, in front of me for second half possession, but I imagine it's not pretty. And, um, you know, a team like the Eels who haven't, you know, really gelled, you know, mm. just quite yet... Things like that can, you know, get the head down. Not and to mention they're still persisting with Ben Roberts. And yeah, I mean, you know, hardly a week goes by. I mean, he's the T-Rex of Parramatta, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, but yeah, I think Ricky Stewart had, uh, you know, surely they, they, they had a big enough lead that if they, you know, they could have, you know, mentally been tougher, that they probably could have pulled it out. Um, but yeah, uh, the crowd, not great. 12,000, they announced it, so that means it was probably about four. Um, we had uh, pictures from uh, from CJ sent us a photograph of the away supporters bay yeah. full as it is and then he sent a picture of the the first bay over on the next side which is completely empty he said our titans crowd yeah Parramatta crowd wow. so uh yeah not great um so clearly all the, that that broncos game was all, all people head down the m1 to watch that game uh we go to twitter a fridge too far what the hell's with that buggy running four and 20s out to idris and sandow <laughs> <laughs> it is a zip zip the biggest example of a ref-sponsored comeback ever. I'm inclined to, you know, maybe not 
that not ever, but it certainly was. Scotty Eel. What's the go with the Titans and fucking biased refs at home? Fuck Manly. Now well and truly fuck Para. Wow. Sensational. And in, very in even-handed. And true tweet from a Parramatta supporter. At Hammers, H4MMYRZ. I'll take the two points, but fuck me. How either team were eligible for competition points in that game is a mystery. They were eligible simply because they weren't in the Newcastle game a couple of days earlier, which was one that should have been disqualified. And at Kerim Karan, Mums, lock up your pantries. Taylor, Idris and Sandow all in the same town tonight. Hash fat asses, hash rally tower. Magnificent. Previews. Well, it's a very, very short weekend of action. And quite frankly, I don't know how we're going to survive this weekend because um, even with no Monday Night Football this week, it just felt weird last night. Agreed. Like it, felt like, it felt like the football weekend ended fucking ages ago. I even, um, come seven o'clock, I switched it over and went, oh, this is not right, fucking is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting it either because you know, in your head you're not mentally sort of ticking off games happening and you don't realise that they've stuffed an extra game in earlier. All right, so this week, anyway, Friday night is going to be a the VB Rugby League Test Australia versus New Zealand down there at uh, Bruce Stadium. So, I don't know, you know, it sucks that it's down there because it means that, you know, this year we don't get to go to it. Mm. But, um, yeah, whatever. Oh, it's good for, you know, no doubt. Yeah, Hopefully they should pack the place out. They should. They should. But the crowds there have become accustomed to not turning up thanks They're to the Raiders. It's fucking 30. Yeah. Okay. So, the Australian side and New Zealand sides have been named. Uh, we had a lot of tweets about the, uh, about the one facet of the side. <laughs> that being that Kirk Gilley's in the Australian side. So we'll just run through the. I mean, you know, so a lot of this side is you know very standard, been there since day one. But there are some interesting bits in there. Billy Slater, Darius Boyd, Greg Inglis, Justin Hodges, Brett Morris, JT Cooper, Cronk, Matt Scott, Cameron Smith, James Tamau, Greg Bird, Sam Thiday, Paul Gallen, and interchange Gidley, Nate Miles, Luke Lewis, Anthony Watmo, and the 18th man Josh Morris. A lot of Gidley hate. You shouldn't be it. there. Should huh? not be there. Put DCE in there. He could feel the oh, same. Oh, fucking please. He could do the same thing. Robbie Farah's been the interchange player. Yeah, but you know... If he hadn't... Um, the sheen is to realise the errors of his ways there and nepotism. He doesn't coach the Tigers anymore. He doesn't have to shoehorn him into the side. You'd probably make a valid point there. Logic well, Fury's not on the wing either. Funny that's that. Right. <laughs> um, it's obvious Sheenzy's probably still pissed off and just refused to pick him in the side. Um, without Benji Marshall, the Kiwis haven't got a hope in hell. Without Benji Marshall, I think the Kiwis are stronger than they've looked in years. We'll go through the lineup just quickly. Josh Hoffman, Sam Perrett, Two Dads, Dean Farre. That's a bit of a weak link there. Jason Nightingale, Kieran Foran. Former Sean Manly Tr- player, but he doesn't play for Manly anymore, so he's a weak link. No, he just hasn't been going very well this season. I don't know how he could be picked on. Put off a decent shot on Saturday night. Fuck. Yeah, it's the fucking only only thing he's done all season. You know, since he's been with the. Um, just to be able to knock Fluffy off Wayne's lap. <laughs> so Kieran Foran and Sean Johnson in the halves best halves combination I think in years for the Kiwis Jesse Bromwich Isaac Luke Jared Waria Hargraves Frank Pritchard Kevin Proctor Simon Mannering and in the interchanges Elijah Taylor Sam McKendry Ben Matulino Matulino Alex Glenn and 18th man Tohu Harris I, I think the Kiwis are going to get pumped there's enough of the Australian at least 20, 24 points in it for the, for the Kangaroos the the run-on side for the Kangaroos is fairly settled. 
when you think about it. And it's filled with fucking superstars. Filled with quietly exactly. in every position. Filled with superstars in every position. Um, and you know, as, if they can minimise the minutes that Gilly gets, <laughs> I think they're going to win fucking easily. Luke Lewis could consider himself probably lucky to get a spot. He already admitted he was. Yeah. During the week. Um, Nate Miles, you know, obviously he would uh, he would deserve to be there. Uh, what most certainly weapon. Um, Josh Morris is a strange eighteenth man, so I don't know if there's uh, is there injury concerns over someone from like you know two to five. Well, Hodges has got hamstrings okay. and made of well, glass. Oh well, yeah. Slash rice paper. Has he done anything to him like that? We that. Not, not really, heard, but I mean, because he know, takes quite, a runner with him to the fucking yeah, Woolies. Quite frankly, it's that a, bad. It's a stronger, it's a stronger side with uh, with Josh Morris in there. So let's hope that you know yeah, Justin dare. Hodges just decides to declare himself unavailable. I'm happy Inglis to stay there. Yeah, I, I think Inglis and Hodges will probably carve up uh, two dads in Vare. Well, Vare is just not. I just don't think he's experienced or good enough for international footy yet. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, um, considering he's played. Most of his football at Manly, that's not the best grounding for anyone that wants to be, you know, a rugby league player. If you want to win premierships, um, and let's not talk about the players that turn into actual you players. Like. You don't ring premierships in test matches, Nathan. This is this is what I'm talking about. You need to learn about rugby league. It's a test match, not a premiership. That's right. But okay. if you want to, if you want to be turned into a rugby league player, like Wolfman was, T Rex was, and now he's become a degraded. He's regressed into a non-rugby league player. <laughs> Horro, T Red. Faro was a great player when he was here. Not anymore. There's something special in the water out there at Manly, and it turns it turns, you know, regular players into fucking superstars. You know, if Sonny Bill Williams was playing, I'd probably give the Kiwis a hope, but he's not, so I don't. And that's a bit fucked, really. Kangaroos by at least twenty four points. Sonny Bill, you know, after this after the game on the weekend, it's like he slowly started turning things around. I think, and a lot of the detractors have since you know shut up with his form and everything. I think they, you know, he silenced a lot of people. Um, he's always going to have people that, you know, there's, there are people that are, you know, I'll, I'll admit there are people that are just stuck in their ways and they're always going to hate him forever. Um, and that's, you know, Dogs fans, but also some non-Dogs fans as well. But I just think that as a goodwill thing, I think pulling out of this test match kind of confirmed in some people's minds what they want to, you know, choose to believe about him and, you know, loyalty and all that sort of stuff. Well, if the guy's hurt, can't expect if him to play yet. hurt. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, Robbie Farah's legit hurt, I doubt it. I mean, there's a lot of players that, and you'll get to the city country as well, but I think there's a lot of players that are not legit hurt, they just don't want to fucking front up. And so like, it's a shite state of affairs when a player wants to turn down, a, you know, representing their country. You're probably right. But, you know, Robbie Farah. he's a proud Kiwi, Sonny Bill, except for all those times he played under 90s for New South Wales, but other than yeah. that, he's a proud Kiwi. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, no Justin Horro inside, and just goes back to the the feud with Stephen Carney that saw him. Yeah, that saw him in reserve grade at Parramatta. Oh, Sonny Bill Williams is is out of the side, and and they're still coached by Stephen Kearney. Um Kangaroos twenty four plus. Yeah, maybe even thirty four. I have a feeling that the Kiwis' only chance they have is to ba- is to bash Australia. And yeah, they've got some they've got some guys in there for the bashing, but you know we got some guys in there too that don't mind a bit either. Yeah, so, that that may have been the the case, you know, twenty years ago. I think it's now because they can't match us like they can't match us with skill and speed. They and never stuff. have been able to. They're kiwis. Yeah, well, they've true. never been able to match us for skill, speed, or unemployment rates. Brain exchange rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we move on to so we both agreed that Australia's going to win by a million. Yeah. Okay, Do next. It. I'm not sure how much. Um, 
these ones as far as uh you know viewing's concerned i have i'm told they're on tv but anyway we'll see there's a there's a under 20 state of origin game uh happening uh, out there at Centibet stadium in penrith on saturday now i presume that that's going to be on tv uh i think i think if it's, it's not on tv it's on the the nrl app and then following that there is a uh pacific test match between samoa and tonga out there at penrith as well i pay to watch the their variants of their war dances yeah style. yeah and i mean you know the, the side you know the sides of um got a great mix of players that you know everyone will recognize you know from the nrl sure um some of them you know <laughs> You think, well, wow, you know, you didn't realise that some guys had the heritage, and you know, it's, it, obviously, the the surprising selection of Sam Moa in the Tongan side, <laughs> which is one of the best ones ever. Um, and you got uh, David Falongo making return to play for Samoa, uh, the eldest elder statesman, and uh, Samoa had Ben Roberts. So for that for that reason, I say Tonga by twenty. I'd agree with actually, that wholeheartedly. I actually, I don't like, even though I'm looking at the players and like matching the teams, I was just like. Who fucking knows? These guys have been thrown together for a week. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen? Um, then we move on to Sunday. We've got the city versus country origin game. And like, I, you know, the game has been not farcical, but it's been a bit silly for... The selections for, have been. It's, well, it's been a bit silly for a couple of years now. And, um, and you know, people's viewing it not as a legit selection trial because there's players that actually, you know, they carve up in this game and then they don't even get a look in at origin level. This year is the worst ever though because you had players withdrawing left and right and then they bring in you want to see the number one example of why this game is such a farce City side number four Joel Reddy quite possibly Reddy. the worst first grader in rugby league at the moment he's a representative player now the fuck is that all about well he has played for City before I don't know if he, whether he's an incumbent I don't think he was because I don't no. think he got picked last year um, yeah that surprised even me I'm the most ardent Tigers fan ever, but Joel Reddy's a fucking horrible first grade footballer. Um, Hot sauce in there after four games of first grade. Oh, of course, it's where you'd expect him to be, and I expect him to make a charge for New South Wales number one jumper. Adam Cuthbertson. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, and just speak, if, if Cuthbertson's in the side, where's fucking Rochow? Yeah, exactly. Dude's right. been I killing mean, it all season, and he doesn't get a look in. Possibly the biggest farce of all. Um, look, Curtis Siren at 5'8. For the uh, for the city side, well, he's played about twenty minutes of first grade, hasn't he? Oh, he played. He's played a bit more than twenty minutes. I'm not sure he's probably um, ready for rep football, but you know, I can see him being the five eight for New South Wales, and and rightfully so. <laughs> kids, kids, a future superstar. <laughs> the old adage, mate. If they're if they're good enough, they're old enough, and you know, he's got the name for representative football, and he's got the game for representative football. So I say, you know. New South Wales for Curtis Sirenan. You heard it here first. <sighs> Jamal Idris is in the countryside. Of course he is. And he's stated that his form at the moment is uh, such that he uh, he expects himself to be a reasonable chance of being recalled to State of Origin Football. Wow. He's yeah. high on pies. <laughs> he is high on pies. So look, you know, this, this game, I mean, fantastic for the guys involved. Unfortunately, I've got this, I've got a sneaky suspicion that Laurie Daly's already picked his side. And, um, with and the it probably includes of, most of those players, because he's such a fucking myth of a coach. Yeah, and uh, you know it's good to see uh, old Jorge Tofua get his uh, first rep spot there, in uh, on the wing there for City. And of course, as I said earlier, T Red, Manly have turned him into a rep player again. Or Tread, took us as a couple. Took us a couple of weeks 
you know, no big deal. Turn him into rep player. And Bure's in there too, of course. Um, I think that's all. I mean, who's going to win that game? I mean, I'd, I'd, you know, for me... I'm going to back City. For me... Oh, okay, so City, is that because it's got like a couple of Tigers guys in there? Yeah, mate, that's it. That's Look, exactly it. Okay, I'll counter that by saying that City has Tony Williams. And Adam Cuthbertson. Fuck. And Matteo on this year's form. You make it hard. And Tim Grant, who is on the verge of being assholed out of the top 17 at Penrith. Remember how fucking revelatory he was last year. And he's on the verge, like he's a bench prop now, and he's on the verge of being assholed out of the side altogether and sent back to fucking Windsor or wherever they play in Reggie's. So, yeah, look, I think, you know, just looking at the way the sides, you know, I don't love either of these sides, but I think, uh, you know, with the way that Maloney's going at the moment, I think he's a real um, a real chance for Origin 5-8. And uh, I think that when you compare it to, you know, the unheralded Sirenin, unheralded by everyone except you, Sirenin, and Adam Reynolds, I think, uh, I think country might get home. But I, honestly, I don't know. That is full time for episode 116. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit that like button and be sure to share our posts as we put them up. Help us spread the word and all that good shit. iTunes, we got a new review. Of course we did. Did you know that? Of course I did. <laughs> the expression on your face says no, you didn't. Uh, I don't have the... interwebs at the moment. Oh, yeah, okay. So what are you doing on your phone right now? browsing the internet from the look of it exactly searching for material case closed Shut your up. honor okay the title of it is uh give yourself a selfie five stars by flaffin boss flafflin boss so we've seen flafflin on twitter recently and he said uh do yourself a favor and give this show a listen if you like rugby league good humor gratuitous profanity and relentless persecution of the stupid then this is your podcast. <laughs> and I think that, I love this review because I think that our relentless persecution of the stupid is something that's been overlooked by, you know, everyone up until now. Well. I mean, like, you cop a kick in every week, but that's not what I mean. I'm talking about like, you know, your Andos 20s and like those guys. <laughs> you know, like Tony Williams and you know, people like that. I think it's fantastic. And um, it's one of my favourite parts. Yeah, because, you know, obviously I'm a, you know, I'm a part-time or, you know, Stupid full, person. Full-time internet bully. <laughs> well, that is true. Apparently. Part-time stupid person. <laughs> now, tipping. Speaking of stupid people, not the real Jedi. <laughs> he's got 42 points, and he's on top by four points. Fucking hell. That's a fucking good... Yeah, and uh, he got a pair That guy's a smug prick, too. We need to knock him off. This last round, though... And not off the top of the ladder, like, with a gun, a bullet to the head. Why would you do that? I dropped, back, I dropped back many, many places. I only, I only missed, I think, two tips through the week. But um, unfortunately, on Friday, I didn't put my tips in and um, did the usual thing, bath, bath the kids. Uh, I was putting the daughter away into bed, and normally she's well and truly in bed asleep by sort of 6.30, 6.45. She decided to be difficult. And so by the time I got her down, got down to the laptop, opened it up, okay, time to do the tips, 7.32. <laughs> Bad luck, Friday night's games are now officially fucking closed. <laughs> and so I think they give you away teams, and of course the away teams, you know, got zero points in one game <laughs> you know so um, yeah so I lost those two tips and the rest of them were fine but you know fucking it was a good opportunity for a perfect round again and if I had managed to do that I would have been you know sort of ensconced in the top 10 but as it stands the real Jedi four points on top Voodoo Rock 
outright second, four points behind, uh, and he's one point ahead of a pack of people. Boxcar Jason Williams, Desi's Williams 277, Desi's Ducks, Shell Gettys. And then one point further back, we have Lynn and Animal NZ. And we round out the top 10 with Barjas Hansen and Michael Darren 79. Seven points off the top. So fucking Jedi scored himself a decent, um, decent lead at this point. Now, let's look further down the ladder to the bottom 10. Hugh is in outright zero now. M51 Avoider got five right. And I remember him actually skiding that he got six right. And that it was almost as good as, you know, 100% for him the way yeah, he goes. And true. that he hoped it would move him off the bottom. And it did. He's in fifth last. But you know what? Scotty Eel, sensational tweeter. Not much on the tips, though. He's, nah. he's uh, fourth last. Third last on uh, 20 points. 22 points off the lead. Glenn Blakely. How you doing? <laughs> uh, it's early days, mate. I'll yeah. make a charge. M-Dog 2481. He's our second last. So it's funny, all the people that are coming really low down the table. We were like Dragon Punk, 22 points. Burks, Burks, Berkeley Eagles, sensational on the fucking fantasy football. Tipping, fucking useless. And Dave Mack, can't forget him. He's on 25 points. He's only uh, five points ahead of you, but he's still in 105th position. Sensational. Now, fantasy. The group competition. Dane Laurie for PM retains their first place. Let me see how many points they've got. They're retaining it by about 100, 120, 130 points. Uh, Sherwood Scorpions, second. Tooves Super Dudes. Schultz Dentistry. Mighty Bulldogs. El Ducho's Dopers. Dunmore Dingoes. Burke's Eagles. Honor Blood Buzz. Ross's Rascals. That's the top 10. And I think I'm, there we go, I'm 13th, so I'm not too far. I'm 350 off the pace. And we're going. You, I don't even think you, are you even in that comp? I couldn't find you. Really? Yeah. Oh. So you make, you add yourself to it because it'll just take your points that you've got anyway and, yeah. and put you on the list. But um, Straight to the top, no doubt. I'm a fucking mm, genius. No, not really. Not really. I mean, I've got one, we've got one mutual fantasy comp that we're in and uh, you're not going great. I think you're third last. I think you might have got a window, maybe one and two. And you had a decent call. You, I think you got over 1,100 this week. Yeah, but, uh, I'm just warming up, mate. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so uh, this week in league, the competition won. Cambo's crew is on top on four oh, against. That's not who I think it is. Yeah, it fucking is, and he's fucking loving it too. Cambo's crew, they're all fucking inflatable. Yeah. With I'm, mysterious stains on them. I'm sixth in that one. Uh, then on Twill 2, I'm leading, so suck it, listeners. Twill 3, Blue Waffles. Twill Sounds 4, healthy. me. I'm killing you fuckers. And I think two or four, I think you're in that one too, and you're third last out of 20. Fuck. So, and I think I, I lost two this week and won three, but fucking, you've see, you seen the vice captain cheat that you can do now that's a rolling lockout? No. What you do, you put your vice captain on someone who's known to get lots of points, but you know, might not be your one, your first choice. So say you've got Cameron Smith, Sonny Bill, Farah, you know, you might put the vice on, like on Farah or Sonny Bill, like someone who can get a big score, but they should get a decent score anyway. So then, if their game's like later on in the, in the or their game's like on Friday night, and they get like fucking, like Sonny Bill on Friday night got like 119 or something, like massive score. So he's your vice captain, and if you don't have a captain, he becomes a captain and it doubles. So what you do is you take your captain, if he hasn't played, take the captaincy off him, swap in, put the captaincy on a player that's not going to play, like on some Gronk. And then so it defaults, to, and so it defaults to, to to the guy to see get a, a bigger score. Yeah, and I lost I lost the game to a guy that did it's that by ten points. Not in the spirit, Nathan. It's not in the spirit of it too. But also, what's not in the spirit is the New Zealand Warriors naming fucking Lilliman in their side. So I leave him in my side. Can't get zero because he doesn't play. And I lost one game by ten points and one by fifteen. 
motherfucker. So, um, yeah, we're trading your ass out as soon as possible. Um, you don't want to give me the updates on the, the, the comps that you manage? No. All right. So Needless to say, I'm going shit in all of them. Are you are you going shit? Are you actually are you beating up on people in any of them? No. Because like I got one where I'm like fifth or sixth, and I'm sort of it's it's tight. It's like, it's a tight competition. But then I've got ones where I'm just fucking. Mate, I'm yeah. I'm just a little Aussie battler of a side trying to make the way in a tough, harsh world at the moment. But I'm you know I'm just learning. To pl- they're just learning to play together. They're just you know I've got some you know new coach, new team, same coach, um, some new players. Uh, you know, and much like the West Tigers, I will ultimately realise my premiership destiny. You realise it's the same coach. You're the same sheen you said led him to last place last year. <laughs> you haven't got a new coach at all unless you had like a frontal lobotomy, oh, which wow. which I'm not, you know, convinced that you haven't. <laughs> no. I guarantee it's come close. <laughs> anyway, um shop time. Got still got some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. And thanks to everyone who actually has been hitting up. It's great. Uh, we're clearing some stock, which is what we wanted to see. And so we can get some new awesome shit in. And I know last week you made the bold prediction that we would be actioning new shirts this week. Anyway, here we yeah, are. Yeah, what have you done about that? <laughs> here we are. How about those new shirts, Glenn? What do well, you got to report for us? I have to say that um, we have been held up given that... Uh, I was expecting, given that I've just sold my house, I was expecting a uh, a vast sum of money, which was probably going to make up some of the uh, take up some of the costs for the shirt manufacturing. Oh, don't worry the money. We've got enough money in our account. Due to a uh, rather fucking inept solicitor hanging onto my money for an entire fucking week without putting it into my bank account, that didn't quite happen. But they copped a dose of the Blakely. <laughs> yeah, and needless and- to say. The money has now been deposited into my account. And and also, it's just fair to say that listeners haven't actually been exposed to that before. No. And it, even I haven't. I've only heard you tell me stories about you putting the Blakely on people. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I'd hate... You know, and, it's good times. And last week, you were putting the Blakely on a lot of people. I mean, you told us that you put the Blakely on your mum. Yeah. <laughs> she coughed a spray. <laughs> No one is spared. If you fucking step over the line, you get smacked. That's all I'm saying. I'm polite. I'm polite to people that deserve politeness. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, um, we are we are going to action shirts. There's uh, there's two types of shirts that I think we're going to get, and um, yeah, one of them more limited edition than the other. But uh, yeah, it's going to happen anyway. Um, but thanks, Aaron. People have been actually you know helping us out and clearing off the stuff we've got, especially the shirts. So thank you very much for that. Uh, keep it up. Um, shirts, the Revelation shirt's half price, so you can't fucking beat that anyway. I mean, there's no better time to buy. And if you spend over 50 bucks, we will throw in a stubby cooler for free. It's value, son. It is value. Now, do you have anything uh, else to add this evening? No. I just uh, look forward to the week off and, and the uh, Tigers coming back in round seven. Refreshed. With a renewed vigour uh, to achieve playing? their premiership destiny. Who are they playing? I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm just curious. I mean, I know that we're playing the South. I'm fucked. So, I mean, we've got guaranteed two points. But I, mean, I haven't looked that far ahead, mate. I'm just taking it one week at a time. <laughs> one week at a time. Tigers in decline. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs>